0: Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl, Rebecca Louise, and welcome to the It Takes Grit podcast. I've built a multiple six-figure income with no degree and using Google as my best friend. Each week, I will be sharing constructive advice with no BS on what it takes to be successful, coupled with my British humor and life stories. You will leave each episode with an action plan that if you choose to implement, will change your life. And we are live. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited and fired up for this podcast. This has been a long overdue experience that I've wanted to take on, and I feel the time is right now. So, welcome everybody. The intention for this podcast is for you to get something from it each episode that you're able to put into action into your life and change something that wasn't working before. Uh, So, this podcast really is all about you. I'm going to use my life experiences, my challenges, the things I've gone through. You're going to laugh along the way. You might cry as well. But I really feel like I'm at a point in my life where I'm ready to be super open and honest with you about what I've gone through, what it takes, um, and where I'm at right now. So, I'm fired up. I don't know about you guys, but we're going to have I know that we are going to have the most incredible 2019 this is my very first podcast so please go easy on me I am learning how to speak much slower, which is probably one of the biggest challenges I'm already facing doing this podcast is that I'm used to speaking so fast. I'm British so that we, we do typically speak very fast. Uh, so go easy on me. And if I start to speak really fast, just kind of get excited. If you're not sure what I'm saying, just know that I'm fired up for you. Uh, so please go easy on me. Each podcast, you're going to hear a story or experience from my past that I'm going to be able to put into context to help you with something that you might be going through. So I'm going to share my stories and at the end give you action plans of how that you can implement the things that we've been talking about into your own life. And I really feel that like me sharing my stories gives it context so that you guys understand that you know it wasn't always easy the things that I've been through, and hopefully you'll. be able to relate on a few things that uh, maybe we've shared together. And so this episode is called, It Takes Starting From The Beginning. So you are going to hear so much about my past, about my upbringing and basically how I got to America. That is the thing that I'm going to share with you today and oh my goodness, you, oh, I can't even wait for you to, guys to hear this. You have got no idea how I got to America and how it happened and I bet any amount of money nobody would be able to put this story together. It's basically like a movie so make sure that you don't miss that part. Um, and then each week we're going to be talking about something different so it takes getting out of a bad relationship, it takes motivation, it takes helping somebody else, it takes gratitude. So each episode you're going to leave with an action plan that if you choose to implement, I promise you it's going to change your life. Um, and this podcast, like I said, it's got nothing to do with me. I'm just sharing my silly, humorous and very embarrassing stories uh, to help you guys you know, get to where you want to go in life. So don't think about this as for me. I want you to get something every single time you log in to this podcast and that you hear something. I want you to implement it. So that's enough about what the podcast is all about so thank you so much for giving up your time to share this moment with me and support me I absolutely love you guys from the bottom of my heart I would not be here without you so I am Super appreciative of all of you. So let's get started. I'm going to basically go through my story of childhood and how I got to the USA. Now, I've been in the USA for eight years now. So a lot of my success has come from, you know, once I got to the USA, actually about four years after I got to the USA. So I'll be going to that on another later episode. But I just wanted to talk to you and get For you to get to know me and just realize that I am really not that cool. Um, I am just your average person who had big dreams and have a hell of a lot of grit. So where did I grow up? I grew up in a very small town in England called Eastbourne. I always tell people that it's near Brighton because most people know where Brighton Beach is. So Eastbourne is a town where everybody goes to retire. Uh, So probably not the most happening hip hop place on the planet. Um, But uh, I absolutely loved my childhood. My mum and dad are incredible. They've been together forever. I have a brother who is three and a half years younger than me. Um, we are so close. The four of us have been, you know, on so many family holidays together, vacations in the USA. Um, and I just absolutely loved our, our unit. And we're still very, very close today. I even remember we used to go to Disney World a lot as a kid. Me and my brother used to film ourselves, and now they're vlogs, right? Now, if YouTube was around 15, 20 years ago, uh, we would have a great, successful YouTube channel. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe people wouldn't want to watch me and my brother being super weird at Disney and filming ourselves, Uh, but we did. And growing up I played in so many different sports teams. I was a South of England field hockey player, I played football, rounders, netball. I was sports captain at school, so I've always had a huge passion for fitness and being part of a team. And I really feel like that was my savior when I was at school because I didn't have an amazing time at school. I got very badly bullied. My first experience was when I was 11 years old and my so-called best friend at the time told me that one of her other friends had told me, uh, to tell her to tell me that I looked like a cow's backside when I was 11 years old. So whoop ty doo that was a great you know, introduction to being 11. Apparently, I looked like a cow's backside. Very original. I've never heard that one since. So well done to that girl who definitely left a lasting impact on me. In fact, she continued to have a lasting impact on me. Um, throughout my high school, so that's between the ages of 11 and 16, I really focused so much on sport. I did not like going to class. I didn't like doing homework. I felt like the teachers just had kind of like a mutual respect for me. They were like, okay, Rebecca's not doing that. That's fine. She's going to be going to her own thing. And when I hit about 15, I had people that I would walk into a classroom and people would shout, anorexic or bulldog under their breath and the crazy thing is at that time I wasn't even anorexic okay I have no idea why they did this but I left that school and I was super excited to go to this new school it's a it was a private school I'd never been to a private school before I'd worked so hard to get in there I got a full scholarship because my mum said if you want to go there you have to sell yourself because we don't have the money to send you and I did. And that very first day, the same girl who had told me that I looked like a cow's backside, well, not directly, she used my friend as a messenger. And in fact, it's funny out there, she did the same again. I joined a school at 16 years old. She was actually at that school when she decided to leave, thank goodness, um, because outside of school, I knew her through dancing. And I did a lot of dancing. If I could be anything in the world, I would have been a ballerina. Uh, But that's another story about what happened with my dance teacher. And she used to fill my lunchbox up with orange juice. She used to really badly pick on me at dance school. So there's this same girl, and then when I got to this brand new school I was so excited about, I worked so hard for, I like, even went to the headmaster and had a meeting with him and told him that I would be his perfect student and whatever he wanted. I was going to get straight A's, I was going to play in the hockey team, I was going to play in all the teams that he needed to. I arrived for the very first day, and uh, I'm told that this girl had told everybody to bully me fan blumentastic, right? So I arrive at this school, I'm fired up, and all of a sudden, this girl has left a message for me, indirectly, uh, to bully me. So that was a really great start. And throughout those next two years, I didn't manage to make many friends. I actually then did suffer with an eating disorder. I got down to about 86 pounds. I'm 105, 107 right now, I'm five foot two and a half and so eighty six pounds was tiny, and I remember just a period of my life of not going to school i can 't even remember you know you know what I was doing, but I just know that it felt weird going back after a while and I knew i 'd been missing so my school life wasn 't so fantastic um, and then, as I kind of got older and I went through a few more situations which were not the best experience with other people and I'm going to share more about my very first casting that I went to that actually turned out to be a pedophile that I'm also going to go into in a later podcast but I just wanted to keep this one a little bit light-hearted so don't worry I'm going to be talking about those a little bit later um, but let's keep going with my story okay so I leave that school um, no problem I got straight A's I you know I actually finished earlier than I needed to. I just wanted to get out of that school, to be honest. Um, And at 18, all my friends or all the people that I knew, I didn't really have that many friends, were either traveling or going to university. And I did not want to do either. I didn't want to travel because I wanted to have the money to be able to travel the way I wanted. And I definitely didn't want to go to university. To be honest, the whole drinking culture and like the initiations and the peer pressure, like Frightened the life out of me. I did not want to be involved in that. So at 18 years old, I start searching on the internet. To find a job, I have always done crazy work experience. When I was 14 years old, everybody else was going to the local school or supermarket. I was going to go train up to London an hour and a half away uh, to do my work experience up there with a graphic designer or media or something up in London. So my mind was already exposed to something bigger rather than just my hometown from just surrounding myself with something that was different. So I applied for all of these different media jobs because I'd done an A-level in media. And I got this one interview. So I go up to London. I'm on the train. I'm super excited. You know, I'm prepared. And I get to this place and there's like 4,000 people in a queue or a line. I'm like, where am I? What if I got myself involved with this time? Anyway, I decided to join the queue because I was like, what have I got to lose? I'm here, I bought the ticket up to London. Anyway, it turns out that this was a line to audition for a reality TV show. I had no idea. Anyway, long story short, I actually get to the final 12 and I'm in this television show called Get Me the Producer. And basically, it took people who had potential to be a television producer. It was directed and produced by the same people who did The Apprentice. It had people from the ages of 18. I was the youngest to 42. And each week, we had to compete and create television shows and then pitch it. And I got to the final week. And unfortunately, my team didn't win. It wasn't executed the way it should have been. And that moment, my life just kind of stopped. I could not believe it that I had been surrounded by this, you know, 12 weeks being filmed up in London, and all of a sudden it just came to an end. And I had nothing else to go to. I had people who were traveling around. I had people at university. I was like, what is it that I'm going to do? But to make matters just a little bit worse, on the way home, on the train from this I got a text message from my boyfriend at the time, and we've been dating for a year and a half, saying, I've sent you an email. Now, this was back in the day where you don't get email on your mobile phone. I know, can you believe it? There was a time where you didn't actually get emails on phones, that that would have been nice, that'd be nice to have that right now. Anyway, I get home, obviously, the train journey home is just a nightmare. I am feeling sick, I'm anxious, I'm like, what is it that he has sent me? Anyway, great news when I got home, he dumped me. Literally, I was like, okay, so my life is now completely fallen apart. I've lost this TV show. I don't have a job. Everybody else is at university or traveling. And now my blooming boyfriend has gone and dumped me. Well, that's something new for me to, uh, to work with. But no problem. I didn't dwell on it for too long because I knew that I wanted to get to London. And at the same time, I actually started teaching myself a degree online in history. Now, as you know by the description, I never completed that. But I did start it. At least I gave it a go. So I moved to London. How do you do that? I worked for the company that my dad works for. It's a printing company. And they do ballot papers and certificates and bits of paper. So my job was to get there at 5 a.m. in the morning in the factory And put blocks of paper into a shrink wrap machine, and then keep going, and stack ballot papers into one hundreds. So that was one of my first jobs. I've also been a waitress. I've also been a babysitter. I also had a paper round. So I'm in this factory working because I'm saving money so that I can move to London. Now you don't can't just work in a paper merchant and then also get to London. You need a job at the other end doesn't work just by having a little bit of savings. So my boyfriend, the one who just dumped me, he was working in a bank and I knew that banks paid well. So I decided it would be a good idea to reach out to all of the recruitment agencies in London and try and get myself a job in banking. Well, it turns out that if you have art, media, PE and history as your A-levels, they're a little bit unsure about why you want to work in the bank. But nevertheless. I actually got an interview with HSBC, Bloomberg, and Citigroup, because I reached out to probably over 100 recruitment agencies. And I remember going to meet this one guy who worked for the recruitment agency, and he said, okay, I've got this job. It's at Citigroup. It's about corporate actions. Do you know anything about corporate actions? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, know all about it. It's great. I got it in the bag, right? And I had no idea what corporate actions were, but I said yes, and I was gonna figure out what they were later. So, as I said, I got those three jobs Bloomberg, Citigroup, and HSBC. I took the one with the most money $27,100 was my starting salary as a 19 year old going off to London. And I was excited. But I also needed a place to live. Now, I also didn't know London that well. I only knew the very rich areas and my 27,000 Starting salary wasn't going to cut it out in Mayfair. So, guess where I went to? I went to where my ex boyfriend lived because I knew where that was, and I decided that it would be a great idea to move in near him. So, I managed to find an apartment on Gumtree, which is a British site that you can find roommates. I went up to London. I moved in with a guy from South Africa, and the girl was from uh, West Virginia in America. And I'm not joking you, but my lounge living room area, you could see into his bedroom. It was that close. And he probably thought I was crazy, I was a stalker. There I am, I've been dumped, <laughs> and now I'm working in a bank and I live right next door to him. But the truth was, it really wasn't about him. I just used my resources. I I used what I knew because he knew it. I had already been to his place in London. Like I already saw that he was making money in banking. So I'm like, well, obviously I can just copy. And guys, one secret I'm going to give away to you right now is that copying is great. So that's basically what I did when I moved to London. I copied what someone who was being successful and had what I wanted. So I moved to London, I work for Citigroup Investment Bank, I'm I'm in Canary Wharf, I'm, you know, getting the, the tube to work, I get into my office, up the tower with all of these fancy people, and it just was not me whatsoever. And I lasted about about under a year. So when I was in London, I had so many different jobs. Like honestly like you name it I've tried it so along with working with a bank I was in a girl band I was actually in numerous girl bands one of my ultimate passions and if I could sing then that is exactly what I would be I was a backing dancer, I did modeling, I went to so many different auditions, so many castings, I was presenting, I was doing radio DJing, I was a club promoter. I'm going to speak about more about my time as a club promoter because there's some very important topics to talk about in that industry, a lot of drinking, a lot of alcohol, a lot of drugs and that's something that I am going to be touching upon. So I did absolutely everything. I was, you know, really just trying to make it. I was doing, a I was your promotional girl. I was working and I was just doing anything that there was available. So I just tried everything. And in that time, I was really trying just to make myself something. I've had the Rebecca-Louise.com URL for over, for probably 10 years now. And so I always felt that I was striving to do something and I was just trying to figure it out. And so if you're in a place right now where you're like, I can't figure it out, it's not going in the right direction, I feel like it took me seven years to figure it out and get my flow. Uh, But in that time, I had a lot of grit and a lot of determination, and I believe that's carried me through to where I am today. So... Then it all changed and I stopped living in London and I got myself to America. So I'm just going to share with you really quickly um, how that story happened and then I'm going to leave you with points to take away after this episode. So who wants to know the real story? (laughs) I love this story. It's hilarious. And also kind of crazy about how I got to the United States. So picture this. Rebecca Louise, she's living in London, she's got her apartment, she's got things going. She was um, a podium dancer, she was also dancing for Cage Rage, she had other jobs going on, everything was going into the swing, she was club promoting, had great friends around her, well, bad influence, but had a lot of friends. And one night, I've got really pally with this one girl and we decided it was a Wednesday night that we were going to go out to this one particular nightclub that we, we always kind of go to. But this night was different. This night, she was meeting up with a guy who had just been released from prison. Um, and was a D-list celebrity, so an absolute winner, right? (laughs) Anyway, she wanted to meet up with him. I was kind of like in awe of the whole thing. I was, you know, not used to this whole celebrity culture. So I went along, and we partied at this nightclub, and then there was a group of five of us, and we decided that we actually wanted to keep on the party going, and we were going to go to another after-hours club. So I leave the club with this group, And I don't even understand how some of these celebrities do it, because the paparazzi is so crazy, you can't even see. Like, you're looking out to, like, try and walk, and you can't even see anything because there's so many flashing lights and everything is going crazy. So as we walk out of this club, he's about two feet in front of me, I'm behind, think nothing of it, we're just walking out, and all of a sudden, cameras everywhere, lights And there was a paparazzi who was about two feet in front of him. And he managed to get a photograph of me and him walking out. And because of the way that our arms were swinging and we were still two feet behind, it looked like we were holding hands. Anyway, the paper came out the next day saying so-and-so, this guy, leaves with mysterious blonde. Yep, guys, I am that mysterious blonde. However, he was not leaving with me. We went to this other nightclub and we kind of partied away for a little bit and i was like let's keep this party going because you know that was me i was the host and i had a nice place in the middle of town so five people came back to my house we carried on partying the paparazzi actually followed us to the house that i could see them outside the window when i was taking alfie my dog out for to the bathroom they were still there taking photos all throughout the next day anyway at this party that i had I decided that it would be a good idea to take a photograph of everybody, like as you do. That's what you do at parties. You go around and you take photographs. So I took a photo of my friend and this guy in my bed. Now I gave them my bed to stay in, um, I actually slept on my bedroom floor with a towel over me because I gave my sofa to somebody else, I had a nice fluffy rug as well in my living room, I gave that to somebody else and so I'm on the bedroom floor hosting this party with a towel over me. Anyway next day comes round and I show this girl the photo, we're sitting on my sofa And she goes, oh my goodness, that's so cute. Don't delete it. So I'm like, okay, cool. Don't delete it. I don't know what I would have done with it anyway, but I didn't do anything with it. Now that weekend, I was going to Marbella in Spain and I was there with about 13 girls. And all of a sudden, I get this phone call from this girl and she is so mad She is so mad and she calls me. She's like, I can't believe that you sold the photo to the national newspaper. We are not friends and you're going to lose all of your jobs. And I just thought, oh my goodness, like it wasn't me. Like I didn't send that photo to anybody. And I started to rack my brains and go, wow, where did this come from? Like who has sent this? And so I was thinking, well, it can't be my photo because I haven't sent it to anybody. And when the paper comes out the next day, it's not going to be my photograph. Anyway, what happens? I'm in Spain. They've got a lot of British papers there. I go and buy a paper and open up the paper and boom, there it is. It's my photo that I took on my phone. Now, pretty devastating, kind of like the time that the guy dumped me. I was like, wow, my whole world just got ripped away from me because I started getting messages from employees that said we do not want somebody who is out selling stories or selling photographs because you know we work in the industry where there are celebrities around and basically we just can't trust you so I came back from this trip with losing all my jobs bearing in mind I had rent to pay I had bills I needed to have food I'm living an hour and a half away from home All these things, and I'm like, wow, from something that I didn't even do. Like, it wasn't even my fault. Like, yes, I took the photo, but I did not send it to anyone. So I had two options, again, like I did when I was 18 years old and I got dumped. I was like, well, I can either dwell about this or I can do something about it. So I decided that I was actually going to sue the newspaper for copyright issues because I needed to clear my name. So the great news is, is I find this amazing lawyer and they're ready to help me. And the paper said that all you need to do is hand your phone in, And they will do the testing required to see if it was actually sent from my phone or somebody else's. Well, of course, I was like, absolutely, you can take my phone. And then they did the same with the other person who'd actually stolen the photo. So what happened is when I was sleeping, I didn't have a lock on my phone. One of the guys from the after party had gone into my phone, took that photo and sent it to a national newspaper and given me the blame. Now, at the time, it was the worst thing ever, but it really, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm so grateful that he did that. Thank you so much. You literally created my life. Um, so I did end up suing the paper. I won the case because he wasn't able to prove from his phone that he'd sent it. And I got a letter to be able to prove to all my employees hey, like she hasn't done this. But so, you know, basically give my jobs back. But at the time, I was like, Ugh, like I don't want to be in this environment anymore like I was reading things in the newspaper and I was like this isn't even true like you're making this all all up and I just didn't want to be involved with something that was so fake and didn't really give much value so I was like well I've got no idea what I'm going to do next but I'm going through this this lawsuit this case to get my money and at the same time I was, this is the best part. This is the best part. At the same time, I'm in my flat in London. Like I can, I can picture if I close my eyes, I'm 22 or 23 years old and I walk behind my sofa and I've got the news on. And at the time, I don't know if you remember, but there was a volcano ash cloud that happened in Iceland that grounded all of these airplanes. It grounded everything. And I'm not even kidding you, this is exactly what happened. I walked behind my sofa, I saw an aeroplane land, and I went, beep, I said the F word, F it, I'm going to become a pilot. A hundred percent, guys, that's exactly what I said, and that's exactly what I did. I decided that I needed a change, and I'm going to go and become a pilot, and I'm going to use the money That I got from suing the paper for copyright issues and I am taking it all the way to become a pilot so I start researching how do you become a pilot I found out that in England it's actually very expensive one of the best places to do it is in America either Florida or Southern California because of the weather and I had grown up watching Laguna Hills on MTV Lauren Conrad if you're listening uh, which one day we will be having dinner or lunch you don't know it yet But I am a massive fan of you. And because of you, I used to watch Laguna Hills. And now I'm living on Pacific Coast Highway, which is the coolest thing ever. Um, And I feel way too cool to even be here. But that is the story. So I came to America. I decided that California was the one. I'd never been here before. I didn't know anybody that lived in California. I'd been in an airplane before, but I'd never flown an airplane. So I'm coming all this way across the pond at 22, 23 years old to a place I'd never been before to learn how to do something I had never done before and oh my goodness the best experience of my whole life I actually went on to complete my commercial pilot's license I'm going to talk more about that in another episode Uh, but I don't want to take up too much more of your time so I'm going to leave you with these action plans that have really Installed in me a belief that has changed my life, and if I can just inspire one person today uh, to really live outside their comfort zone and get something more out of their life, then I am happy. So that was the day that it all changed. So that risk that I took it definitely paid off. Um, and that's one thing that I, I I'm gonna leave you with. I have a couple of bullet points here that if you do implement and you have this action, it can change your direction, it can change what your life is gonna be like. So I took that risk. And I have this belief that nothing really bad can happen. If you try something, as long as you're not going to die, it's really not that bad. So like, what is the worst that can happen if you guys try and do something new? Like, write it down. Like, what is the worst thing? And if dying is not on there, well, you can do it. There is no reason why you can't do something by just taking a risk and believing in it. Nothing that bad is going to happen, okay? And we all have a bucket load of experiences because that's what makes up us. And sometimes they're things that we're proud of, some things that we're not proud of. I'm gonna share even more about my life and my backstory and, and things that I've been through that I'm definitely not proud of, things that I've not shared before. And what you've got to realize is that All of these experiences have made you who you are today and you get to choose how you are tomorrow. You can't change what's happened in the past, but you can use those experiences to help inspire other people and to know the direction that you want to go in for the future. So don't worry if there's things that you've done that you're not proud of. I have done. numerous things that are absolutely crazy but that's what makes us us and I want you to embrace that and let everything go of what might be stopping you from getting to the next point because you are you know you're either fearful of taking that risk or you're not proud of something that you've done in the past and if you have been bullied I want you or if you are being bullied to take it as a backhanded compliment you're like what That does not even make any sense it does Take it as a backhanded compliment. People who have the time and energy to say something negative, one, have way too much time on their hands, two, feel the need to bring somebody else down in order to bring themselves up. So if you're listening to that person who is giving you negative vibes or they're bullying you or they're just not being positive towards you, you have a choice with whether you want to listen to that because why would you take advice from someone you wouldn't trade places with and why would you get offended by someone you wouldn't trade places with? It doesn't make any sense. So when someone's saying something negative to you, take it as a backhanded compliment that they're only jealous. Count to 10 and walk away. There is too much negativity out in the world and anybody who is more successful than you is never going to judge you. Listen to that. Somebody who is more successful than you is never going to judge you. So hang around with people who make you feel incredible, incredible, And don't listen to people that you wouldn't trade places with. You've kind of heard my story about anorexia and body image. And getting down to 86 pounds, not healthy. My lifestyle now is like, I just want to be healthy. I just want to be happy. I just want to have energy. I want to grow a bigger butt. Yes, maybe get my abs popping a little bit more. Really, what I'm focusing on is becoming the best version of me. And that is being nice. A nice, good human being. And I want you to remember today, if you're suffering with body image or you want to look a certain way, what's more important? How you are as a person? Are you nice? Are you kind? Do you give? Or do you have a big butt and you want small hips and you want big boobs? Like what is more important? What is going to add more value to the world and to your community? Okay. Anybody can just grow a big butt if you work really hard in the gym. But being a nice human being, that's completely different. That is from the inside. That's real. And that's what's value that you can bring other people. So when you're thinking about body image, think about am I being a nice person before thinking have I got abs? Okay, that is what I want to get to you guys. It's more important to be nice than to have abs. So just to wrap up here, I actually wrote this first podcast when I was flying back from business class in the Maldives so I'm actually sat in my apartment in Huntington Beach right now that I bought a year and a half ago um and now I actually wrote this on the way back from the Maldives and I don't I'm not saying this to be like woohoo I am so fancy so fancy I'm in business class coming back from the Maldives like legitly I am not fancy and the reason I'm telling you these things is so that you can see that there is nothing fancy about me. There's nothing like special and crazy about me. And that I'm like, I'm cool. Like two things that you'll know when you meet me. One, I'm a lot shorter than you imagined. And two, I'm really not as cool as you thought I was. So kind of a bit of a disappointment, right? But I want you to understand that there, you know, me having what I have now, like it came from nothing. So if you look at my journey, When you look at where I started and how I thought and what I went through and the experiences that I had, you would never think that. Oh my goodness, this girl is going to make it. You know, in a Going from broke four years ago to making half a million four years later, you would never have thought that, and especially when I'm gonna to start to share about my experience of when I actually got to America and what my life was like just four years ago. Oh my goodness, toxic relationships, alcohol, drugs, hospitalization, I mean, you name it, horrible, horrible things going on. You would never have thought that I would be enough to pull myself out of that hole to be able to be where I am today. So I'm not telling you this to be like, oh my goodness, I'm so fancy. I'm like totally in business class. And it's just like, amazing. I'm like, no, I'm like this, like, who is this girl that she has managed to get there? And I want to inspire you that wherever you are today, it does not matter. It matters that you want to do something different in the future, that you want to change your direction, that you want to change your future. So if I can do it, you can do it. And if there's just one person out there today that I've inspired to take a risk, to become a nicer person, to understand that you're life experiences are something to be proud of and make you the person today and to only take advice from people that you would want to trade places with i feel like i've spent you know 30 40 minutes adding value to the world and that's what i want to get across it's like there's nothing there's nothing special about me guys i just got a lot of grit a lot of determination, and I have one plan. And the plan is to keep on going and to never, ever quit. So thank you so much for joining me on my very first podcast. Like I said, go easy on me. I'm going to get better over the next year. And please subscribe to the podcast. It's on Spotify. I keep wanting to say Shopify. It's on Spotify and iTunes. And of course, you can find me on social media, Rebecca Louise Fitness. Well, let's have an amazing 2019. It's going to be a great year. I can feel it already. Thanks again for joining me. And let's have an amazing rest of the year.